0: That's shopify.com slash special offer.
1: In the spirit of lead you and self-leadership, you know, my message would be that each and every one of us owns our decisions and actions. It can only benefit us to make decisions, good decisions,
2: and act in a way that serves our overall mission. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to remind you that the Qualified Leadership Book Series, which includes all three of my best selling books, is now available on my website johnsrenny.com. You get all three books for 15% off the Amazon and Barnes & Noble price, but this offer is only available on my website. This is the perfect way to get 2024 off to a powerful start. So check it out at johnsrenny.com. Well, that is it. Today we're talking about the power of self-leadership, and my guest is Bobby Harrington. Bobby is the United States Marine Corps Gulf War veteran and author of Lead You, The Winning Combination, To achieve personal and professional success. And we sat down and talked about the importance of self leadership for all leaders. I absolutely love learning from Bobby's deep experience on this topic, and I know you will as well. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. (laughs) Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Bobby Harrington. Bobby is the founder of Rubicon COA, which specializes in performance coaching programs and immersive leadership development events. Bobby has practiced leadership in sports, martial arts, the military, private business, and a Fortune 100 oil and gas company. Bobby has taught leadership in 24 different countries across 13 languages. His work includes a focus on people leadership, team design, and technical innovation leadership. He is the United States Marine Corps Gulf War veteran and author of Lead You, The Winning Combination to Achieve Personal and Professional Success. I'm excited to have him on the show to learn more about self-leadership and how that can transform anyone into the leader they aspire to be. So, Bobby, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to meet you. And I'm um, excited to talk about this particular subject of self-leadership because I think it's really important uh, from a leadership perspective. But before we dive into that, uh, tell us about Rubicon COA. What do you do? What makes your company so unique? Sure. So uh, Rubicon
1: COA is basically immersive leadership events and, uh, you know, the design of our our, our coaching programs, what's a little unique, you know, all the products we have are highly personalized. Um, like the coaching program, I'll work with two to four people per year in the executive space just because I don't want to spread myself thin and, you know, the fewer people I have, the better I can serve them so they can achieve their results. Uh, So I do work one-on-one and on the, uh, on the event side, you know, our cadre, they're all experienced, you know, we are the best who have public service experience, you know, they have life experience, they've all suffered failure, setbacks and struggle, you know, we've we've all overcome that. So, you know, there's lessons and antidotes that we can give people from, from
2: real life. Hmm. What do these events look like? You mentioned cadre, and all I can think of is like a like a Navy SEAL type of program. what what are they like? No,
1: it's it's just nothing like a Hell Week or a boot camp. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's more of a, of a retreat and a challenge. Uh, so we have a two day uh, that's sort of to introduce folks to our methodology, and it's kind of a recruiting tool for the four day. Uh, the four day is, a, is sort of a retreat challenge where we go out to. The YO Ranch here in in uh, Kerrville, Texas, sixteen thousand acres, and we we ruck around there, and we, we get to find parts of ourselves that we didn't know we had, and we we totally disconnect from civilization for four days. Yeah, and then finally, we offer a uh, a five to six day retreat for corporations uh, who are seeking to to walk away with real tools they can use. Uh, you know, we don't do trust falls and. You know, any cute stuff like that. You know, I mean, if you like that stuff, you know, that's fine. But uh, you know, we want to give you high impact uh tools that you can use the day you leave.
2: What kind of um what kind of feedback do you get from the leaders that you know get out there? Like you said, rocking on 16,000 acres, you can uh you learn a lot about yourself during that. So what are some feedback that you get from those oh, yeah. guys?
1: Yeah, they love it. You know, people if people only knew how far they could push themselves, you know, because uh, where your mind goes, the body will follow, you know, mm. nominally, unless you've got some, you know, condition. But, uh, you know, if you tell yourself you can do it, you can do it. And, uh, you know, disconnecting is what people like as well. Yeah. Mm. It's yes. quiet. It's quiet out there. There's, you know, no phones. I mean, you can have a phone if you want one, but, you know, for the most part, it's 10 or 12 hours a day
2: without a, without a phone. I love it. I love it. I go. I go do a hunting hunting trip every year, and that's my favorite part of it. Is that my cell phone doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of turn it off, put it away, and then just enjoy nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Well, there's a
1: lot of clarity and silence, isn't there? You yeah, know, there is. Yeah. If you know, if you can be comfortable with your own thoughts out in, in nature, um, that's why I like long walks. You know, go for you know maybe a two point seven five, you know three point two five mile walk. You know, every day. Uh, Usually early morning when it's quiet and, uh, you know, man, just a clear head and like see can see things really clearly, you know. Mm -hmm. I might think about just one or two things, you know, along that walk. But, you know, like I I don't even notice the surroundings sometimes.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I had a guest on that talked about like sometimes our cell phones end up being like a pacifier. For you know that we in, in the past we used to be bored and we had and and when you're bored your thoughts go to all the different things that you could be doing or want to do and mm-hmm. or creative thoughts but we sort of pacify that with a phone I think sometimes we don't have those quiet moments where we allow our yeah. our brain to just you know be free <laughs> to think and and you know and, and ruminate on different things that you're that are maybe bothering you or what have you because we we tend to turn it off with that phone yeah. I mean.
1: You know everything is engineered for the phone now, I mean absolutely everything, and it's hard not to look at it every you know ten minutes someone's texting you something or you gotta uh double triple fribble verify your <laughs> password <laughs> I mean, you know I just need one more password, John you know
2: <laughs> you do <too>, huh <laughs> you
1: know I need to double sign in you know another time as well. You know, and I, I know they do this for protection. You know, to protect us from nefarious people. But I'm just making fun of it. You know.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I learned this, especially starting my own company. You know, we was like, how many different systems do we have, and how many different passports that do I need to have? You know, just to yeah. just to run a run a manufacturing plant. Yeah.
1: You know. Also, what I noticed the last few years is, uh, you know, people sort of treating the phone as a like a safety blanket or something. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. gotta have it. You know, gotta have it.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're old enough to remember, and I, and I, my wife and I talk about it a lot. We used to just jump in a car and go. We didn't have a cell phone. You know, if, if a car broke down, no. you, you waved somebody down or you found a phone or you borrow you stopped at a house or whatever, but you didn't have anything.
1: Yeah. yeah like
2: not even a map,
1: even. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> no GPS. You, know, you just stop it and ask people. Right. Yeah. I and mean, now yeah. it's GPS and they can tell you how fast you're going and, yeah. you know, how many uh, policemen you're up ahead and, you know where you can get, you know, uh, you know, chilies or Burger King, whatever. Right. You know, it's like it's like all done for you already. You know. <laughs> well, I'm sure our listeners are loving this uh, boomer discussion, right? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Dating ourselves. Well, right. I, I would like to just date date myself one more time. The first job I had after the Marine Corps was in commercial diving, and they gave me a beeper.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a beeper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I had one. That's, you know, <laughs> that's how old we are, right? <laughs> yeah. Hope folks um, have a good laugh. So, um, you know, when you, when you look at the work that you do in leadership, leadership development, helping people, you know, kind of get control of their lives, how much of your military service impacted what you do now?
1: Oh, yeah. Major served as a rock solid foundation, you know, that I've, I've built on. Over the last 30 years, uh, you know, the first thing they do in the Marine Corps is teach you, uh, you know, leadership traits, you know, attributes like justice, judgment, enthusiasm, you know, decisiveness. And, and, you know, on the principal side, you know, there's there's some there for individuals as well. And like know yourself and seek uh, improvement. Right. And that's just about constant evaluation. So I've, I've always done that, um, you know, set the example, you know, our conduct is always on display. So. You know, we have to know that people are going to emulate, you know, what you do, you know, as a leader or even as an individual, you know, right? Um, make sound and timely decisions, you know, that applies to individuals as well as, you know, uh, leaders with with a position. Um, you know, the better sound and timely decisions you make, you know, the more confidence you're going to build in yourself and more confidence you're going to build in other people. And they'll say, hey, well, you know, he's considered everything when he makes a decision. Right? I trust that. Um, You know, we're not always perfect at that, but, you know, we try. You know, I think the last one I I round that out with is, uh, it's an important one, too. It's uh, seek responsibility and take responsibility for your actions. So there's two parts to that. You know, seeking responsibility is, um, you know, like asking for an assignment of increasing responsibility so you can grow, right? So you can make more of an impact. However, now you have to always qualify that with uh, take responsibility for your actions, and decisions, you know, take ownership because, at the end of the day, it's on us when we make decisions. You know, we are the ones making those decisions. So, yeah, I mean, the Marine Corps had, you know, major, major influence on my my leadership style and how
2: I view leadership. You know. yeah, I think one of the things that's remarkable, and we've had a lot of veterans on the show, is is the fact that leadership is a an essential skill they teach in the military. So sometimes in the corporate, we ignore the, we don't teach you leadership. We te- we expect you to know accounting or marketing or sales or operations or quality, what have you, but those are considered what, hard skills. And then leadership is sort of a soft skill and you sort of figure it out on your own. Whereas in the military, they're like, no, this is a hard skill and you need to know it. And and that's what I like about, at least my experience mm-hmm. was that we, it was part of our training. Leadership was an essential part of the training, just as much as how to, you know, operate a nuclear reactor. That was also part of the training. But it was also, it was on equal status. It wasn't just a an afterthought, you know. Well, it starts. See, that's yeah. the difference between
1: military and civilian world. In the military, it starts with leadership. You know, in the corporate world, leadership is sort of secondary. You know, they get yeah. say, little pro- processes and thingies and you know, presentations and managing and processes and you know, forget about leadership. And, you know, that's the quandary, you know, these large companies want people who know how to lead, but people don't ever get that training. And then people want leadership training, but they can't get it from their company. They work for it. Right? when they're supposed to be improving the property of that company, right? And returning value to the shareholders. You know, that, that's why we're there with big companies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Improve, improve the property and return value to the shareholders. Like, if you don't know how, to, know how to lead yourself or lead other people, how are you going to do that, you know? Yeah, um, yes, exactly. If you're, a, if you're an SME, if you're a subject matter expert, you know, doing something, this one thing, I mean, that's fine. You might not want to, you know, learn about leadership, but I would still say that, you know, on a personal level, you can learn self-leadership and, you know, lead by example. Right? Yes,
2: yes. That's why we're going to get into your book. <laughs> so, your yes. new book is called "Lead You: <laughs> The Winning Combination to Achieve Personal and Professional Success." So, what compelled you to write this book? Well,
1: a few years back, um, I just felt another season of my life was coming, and I was going to retire. And uh, I retired right at thirty years, you know, in oil and gas. And said to myself, okay, you know, what am I going to do between 53 and 60? You know, age 53 and 60 or, or whatever. I've got um, to do something. And I want to do something that I like and passionate about, um, actually, obsessed about in this leadership. Um, so I had something to say, you know, based on my 34 year journey. And you know, the first thing I did was uh, did some research on the Amazon because that's kind of where I buy books. Only to learn there were sixty thousand titles on leadership. Okay, <laughs> so okay that that's a that's a pretty big hill, man. There's some pretty big names out there. So what can I do that's different, that's not out there right now? And uh, so that's where I came up with the uh, the concept of Lead You. And Lead You is one in a series. Uh, the next book will be Leading Teams and Organizations, and the third book will be Leading Through Change. Uh, because a lot of people sleep on leading through change, but knowing how to lead through change is, uh, you know, if it was a person on a team, it would be an impact player, Mm -hmm. right? And you learn how to be transparent and learn how to engage, uh, you know, the workforce, you're going to get what you want during that change event. Um, So, you know, back to lead you, I wanted to do something that was straightforward. Um, There's no high-minded Leadership concepts. Again, this goes back to being an expert leader versus a leadership expert. You know, I talk about real things and give real anecdotes. And at the end of each chapter, we give folks a little bit of homework, you know, uh, so they can ask themselves some questions and figure out how they can start their self leadership journey. Um, You know, the way the book's laid out, it starts, you know, there's a little bit of my story, what preempted me to write the book. And when I was 45, I I uh, didn't have a nervous breakdown, but, uh, you know, I'd had some big success and it within my company in the Chevron and that often masks, you know, flaws and, and cracks and, and stuff like that. And, you know, so I left one facility in the United States and went to assignment overseas and it was quite difficult, you know, it was a big culture shift and uh, just very difficult place, you know, to work and that kind of You know, that uh, was the company burnout from working on this one project for eight years and developing technology and, you know, sort of fighting uphill. That all sort of took its toll. And, you know, I sort of had a, uh, on the side of my bed one night, a come to the universe, you know, discussion with myself. and So chapter one starts out with the conversation. Uh, We really have to ask yourself, you know, where am I? Where do I want to go? And what is it going to take for me to get there? And am I willing to do it? Right. And then from there, you know, I laid out the book, just how I learned leadership, start with character, values. Then we talk about self-trust, which is a precursor to self-belief. And discipline and commitment. We have a chapter in there on perfect, because, you know, I grew up in a house where my mother was perfect and it sort of rubbed off on me. Uh, so I learned that I didn't have to be perfect, you know, at age 45 when I reflected, you know. So I wanted to give the, the user uh, or the reader, right, permission that they don't have to be perfect. But, hey, strive for excellence because sometimes when we try to go for perfection, it becomes a little bit destructive. Whereas if we're trying for excellence, it's about doing your best, you know, each and every day and, like, not beating yourself up extensively, if, you know, if you don't meet the mark, because there's really no utility, you know, in that. And then we round out the book with self care, a chapter on self care, which, you know, I didn't learn to do that until I was 45 either. You know, I was a quintessential workaholic, you know, go work 12 to 14 hours, come home, work out a couple hours, to eat, you know, spend a little bit of time with the family, do it again. You know, and uh, that went on for decades. And then you know, I had some bouts of insomnia, you know, after the record and all that. So, you know, all that, you know, just sort of came to a head. So I wanted to give folks a chapter on self-care because, you know, your mental health and your physical health is most important. Because if I'm not the best for me, then I can't be my best for my family, for my work, for my community, for my colleagues. You know, the people that are going to press the button and, and call Bobby. You know, I, have, I was talking about this yesterday in one of the podcasts. You know, dependability is probably the the single you know biggest trait that people can have between you know one another with self leadership you know point of view. And then we we round out the book, you know, congratulating the people for reading through the book, but uh, letting them know that you know leadership is a journey where we're never done. Right? We're just never done. There's there's too much to to know about. There's too much to practice. There's too many dimensions. Uh, but we can we can reach some level of mastery. Don't get me wrong, you can. Um, but my point is that everyone should be have some element of humility and always remain teachable and coachable, right? As leaders, right? Up until my last day at work at Chevrolet, I would I would give the most junior person my ear, right? Because I wanted to hear their perspective. You know, the more perspectives you have that are from unique you know, backgrounds, you know, some of the best perspectives I've ever had were cold eye, right? Where someone really doesn't know about the problem we're working, but we ask them to come in for like a peer review. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that and that. But so we've been working on it for three days and we didn't yeah. see it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then we invite people to, uh, you know, obviously check out our, our website and, you know, give us feedback on the book. Uh, where they'd like to see improvements you know for future editions and, and so on and so forth we'll be right back after a quick word
0: from our sponsors as a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I have the watch, you have the watch, and all in the same boat for one low price of 39 dollars Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com
2: and get your order in today. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation, it's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the resilient leadership assessment tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Liberty strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation schedule with him today. Yeah, it sounds like a, a really well-rounded approach um to self-leadership. Like from the, it's like the the whole journey from, you know, really vision to where you, you know, where you are, where you want to be, to all the way to how do I now maintain this balance between, you know, uh your your personal goals and your and your personal life, uh, you know, your fitness, your spiritual life, your financial, you all these things that, you, that self-care issues that we often ignore. And it's, it, it, and I don't know how many guests have been on the show and said the same thing about their journey. And I did corporate life too, for 22 years. And, Ooh, and, uh, I know about it. Yeah. So, you know, you're just like, uh, <laughs> you just, you're on a, you're on a, you're on a hamster on a treadmill. Sometimes you're just doing it. And like, I just, I would be traveling all the time and, and not even, like, I wouldn't even think about it, like packing my bags. I, and I was, you know, I was in Europe. I was in Asia. I was, I just did it. And you just sort of, yeah. you know, hamster on a treadmill and your life is, you know, sometimes in just in cruise control because you really are not in control of your life anymore. You're sort of just doing the, doing the job. And, um, and it's taken me, you know, since i become an entrepreneur to realize like, oh, I was clearly a hamster on a treadmill, just running as fast as I could. And uh, it's it's kind of fun to get off that treadmill for me at least. Yeah. No, it's a
1: big machine. It's a big machine. I, I retired six months ago. And the first thing, you know, like for the first couple of weeks, it was just strange. And then all of a sudden it hit me that I didn't have this big weight. Yeah. On top yeah. Of, I didn't have this yeah. big weight on top of me, you know, like, yeah. you know, doing the yearly admin and just like all the stuff that comes with it. And for the last seven out of the last 10 years of my career, I was doing this, uh, 28 and 28 rotation where I was mm. rotating to China for 28 days, then back to America for 28 days. And after that, well, I'd went to Nigeria, did that for three and a half years, uh, then China and then Nigeria again. Mm. So it's like, you know, many deployments every 28 days, yeah. and, you know, to be honest with you, it got, it got taxed and yeah. uh, my health started to suffer, you know, because yeah. of it. And, you know, I'd, uh, uh. Like I said, you know, I had felt a couple of years before that, uh, you know, another season was coming and the timing worked out right. But if it takes a lot of thought, you know, to write a book, you know, I tell people, you know, you can learn something, you can perform a task, you can teach someone how to do the task. But well, when you go to write about a subject, it's different. And you know that you wrote three books. uh mm. You know, that a lot, a lot of thought, you know, I had to go way, way, way back in my life and think. And then also the functional part of, you know, trying to write a book that was unique and not saying something someone already said, even though yeah. most of what we say has already been said in some way, shape or form. But, you know, I wanted my riff, you know, so yeah. to, be, yeah. to be on the book. So, you know, to read the book sort of is to know me because I, I wrote it with an open heart, you know, and making yeah. a bones yeah. about that.
2: What's interesting is you know you said um, you know that it's a it's a journey in and of itself and I and I think it was to for me at least it was an unexpected journey and 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 I met a lot of really interesting characters along the way and like I, I met with a lot of uh, veterans who had written books and I just wanted to you know what did you what you know what did you learn through it what what would you do differently so I spent a lot of time talking to people and and I actually I, I hired a um, a writing coach uh, at least for the first book just to. Like, I don't, I've never done this before, you know? And it's just like, you know, like first time sure. you're into a gym, you hire a coach to to figure 100%. it out. And yeah. and and, uh, and and I'm like, there's a whole world of, there's a whole world of science of how do you write a book and how do you market a book? And I'm like, this is wild. It was so, for me, at least it was fun. It was this, you mentioned yes. uh, leaders need to stay curious and they need to be humble and be open to new ideas. For me, it was like, an old dog with some new tricks and it was fun. I enjoyed the journey. I really did to the point where it was like addictive and I wrote two other books <laughs> right away. So, so
1: it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. No, it is. I, you know, like one thing they teach you how to do uh, to be consistent is, you know, shoot for a you know minimum word count per day. And mine was 300 yeah. and, and most days I would blow that out of the water, you know, cause I would just, I would get fired up about it. And then, you know, I'd hit a snag where a man had to do some deep thinking and, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, I had, I had a good coach, too, or good guidance from the company I was working with, and uh, very happy with the way, you know, the book turned out so far. The reviews have been good, and, and we're looking forward to more reviews and feedback. And, you know, we want to make sure that we put the best product out there that people can use yeah. and give them some tools. You know, if, if, if a person gets one thing out of the book, I'm happy. Yeah, you know, that yeah. Helps, helps them, you know. Avoid avoid mistakes or helps
2: them improve their game, you know, that's, uh, that's money. Hmm. I love it. Um, so like who, who, who's your target audience? So, you know, our listeners, we've got, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, we have leaders, we have, uh, we have military veterans, uh, all all sorts of groups, groups of people, people who lead in, in big corporations, who should pick up this book? What's, what's this, who's the best audience for this book?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. This is one thing that we, you know, fussed and discussed during the um, the book the book framing, right? Because you're supposed to pick a quote unquote avatar, right? Yeah. Well, who does self leadership apply to? It, it applies <laughs> to exactly. So, it applies to individuals. And Well, let's just make some categories. It applies to uh, new leaders, young leaders. It applies certainly to people coming out of college, going into a, a large corporation. Uh, people who have had setbacks, you know, mm-hmm. I've had my own setbacks yeah. and those are usually attributed to personal traits or something I did. So this book is an excellent, uh, resource for people who've had setbacks to learn how to get their character and their values back on track or learn, even learn how to differentiate themselves. Right. Because, you know, as well as I in the big corporate game, you know, the, the key to progression and promotion is how are you different from the next person? Right. Yeah, yeah. Every everybody has the same standard to me, but what are you doing to differentiate yourself? Right. And with with great character and you know living your values and you know being disciplined and you know folks can do that. You know, and there's tools in the book to help them to do that right away. You know.
2: Yeah. I would I would say too the other thing might be you know people would really benefit from, from a book like this is going through a transition. You know, like for example coming out of the military. I don't know about your experience but i i achieved all my goals by 26 years old then i was like all right now what do i do i I literally literally didn't know what i was going to do with my life at 26 and that that's not a good place to be and it took me about seven years to figure out you know a new passion which was manufacturing and and Mm -hmm. and helping blue-collar workers and and that that became my passion but it took me seven years to figure that out i was you know working for big corporate you know you get you take a job outside of the military And you start working, but there's no, like when you're in the military, you're, you're, you're doing something for, you have a, you have a vision of where you want to go and what you want to do. And, 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 and you're, and it's, it's meaningful work, you know? And so when you leave and you just take a job in a corporation, it's like, what am I doing here? You know? In the military, you can taste the mission. Yes.
1: Yeah. Like I can't speak for other services. I can only speak, you know, from my experience with like. Every task, every training, every operation, everywhere we deployed, we knew very specifically why we were there. Now yeah. were there things were there things that didn't tell us? Probably, sure. But for the most part, we knew why we were there. Yeah. Right. So therefore we could believe in it. Right. And in these large corporations, uh, sometimes it's very clear, sometimes it's not, because you know, the company I worked in was a company of companies, right? Yeah. In all yeah. over the world, so yeah. you know they weren't all, you know, led and managed the same. Um, but sometimes it's hard to know when you're in the big, you know, the big machine.
2: Like that's what I done. here. Yeah. What's yeah. the mission? That's, that's, it was a question I often had, like, why are, what are, what are we doing? I remember I went to my first yeah. all employee meeting at this one company and I started, well, I started, I worked with this company a long time, but one of the first uh, all employee meetings uh, we were I was working at this one factory and they announced that we lost a million dollars this month. And there was a big improvement over last month. And I went, wait, wait, we lost a million dollars <laughs> last month. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. I'm like, shouldn't we just shut it down and save 12 million? I mean, I, you know, that was my mindset. Like, why are we here? You know, and and it was, it, it, my brain couldn't understand corporate life yet. And yeah. it took me a while to figure out, okay, this is why we're losing money. And this is what needs to happen to be able to turn these businesses around. But but I remember thinking, why are we even here? We're for losing a million dollars a month. So, sure. so but it's uh, very interesting uh, that, that so a transition, if you're transitioning from, from one big thing, like a lot of times too. Well, certainly. Athletes coming away from an athletic career and into oh, what do sure. you do next? You know that that for that sure. sometimes is really hard. So if you, anytime you go through a transition, I would think yeah. this book would be excellent for that as well. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So I was going to ask you in the book you talk about sovereignty. Uh, what is sovereignty, and what does it mean? Uh, to what do you mean when you say to stay sovereign? What does that mean?
1: Yeah, so I first learned about that uh, when I was working inside Chevron. I was working with one of our change management consultants. And uh, he made me aware of a study this one group did. I think uh, International Management Consultants, uh, Association of International Management Consultants, they did a study in 2015. Only 10%, and this is across industry, right? It was published in 2015, but it came from four years of research. And the output of that was only 10% of leaders across the industry, senior leaders, are willing to live the company values. Mm-hmm. So what does that say for living personal values? Right. And, you know, part of that discussion was him introducing me to the, uh, the concept of sovereignty, you know, and leadership. And so, you know, sovereignty is maintaining your personal authority to resist undue influences from outside forces to say. I love um, it. Yeah. I mean, you know, when your values are contested in work and in life, you know, you have a choice, you know, you can stay sovereign and adhere to the value, the core value that you selected, or you can take the path of least resistance, right. And go with the flow. And, and some call that the go along, get along" you know, group. Um, but, you know, I had been doing that, but when I heard it like that, it's like, it, it just stuck. And, you know, it made me, it, it, it drove him more conviction, right. To live my values. And, uh, you know, that's, that's definitely a differentiator and I think more people will respect you for it, but definitely, you know, definitely there's going to be some rubble, some friction with senior leaders because a lot of them, you know, they go with the flow, you know, they're looking for the next rung on the ladder. They don't want to rock the boat. Um, but you know, someone's gotta be the voice of reason and adhere to the company values and the personal values as well. So that's that's kind of where that comes from. I like that and I, a lot. Yeah, I yeah, like Yeah, that's one of my yeah, that's one of my major teachings when I work with people. Yeah, think- we figure out what their core values that are and I challenge them, you know, look for the next two or three weeks, I want you to love them hundred percent,
2: you know. I think the the one thing to, to to mention, too, is if you choose a path like that, you may run into conflict with, with your existing company. And, and guess what? Maybe that company is no longer a fit for you. And that's what I found in my career is that True. my company True. moved over time to be where they took away more and more of the authority away from the local leaders. And so if I found myself in a position where I, I, I didn't enjoy what I was doing anymore. Like I couldn't right. lead people the way I wanted to lead them. I wasn't given the authority to do it anymore. And it was time for me to leave, like, because I I was choosing the sovereign path. I remember I had somebody from corporate came and they were putting, they want to put a time and attendance uh, system in for our uh, salary employees. So we measure every minute and every, everything they did. And, you know, I had salary employees that were working 40, 50 hours a week on multiple projects. And so Mm -hmm. we weren't going to put a time and attendance system in for them. And I said, well, you can put it in as soon as you fire me, but you're not putting in as long as I'm running this operation. And uh, these are not the, that's, that's a sovereign discussion, but it's also a difficult discussion because they're like, Rennie, Rennie is not playing, playing, you know, he's not playing by the rules. So, well, no,
1: I, I I'm in violent agreement with that because uh, the, the discipline I was in was looking out for personal safety, mm. asset safety and environmental safety. And a lot of times that is at direct odds with, uh, you know, with producing, right. Yep. So, you know, I I share your uh, your experience with having those tough conversations, but yeah, you know, hey, nor- north is north, right? Exactly. Yep. Whether yep. it's raining, snowing, sleeting, dark, north is north. Yeah, and uh, yeah. you'll sleep better at night knowing that you stay sovereign to what you know. F- you know. It really has to mean something to you to to stay sovereign on it, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I would caution people. You know, if you're if you're not convicted about your values, you know, don't try to stay sovereign because it just won't feel right. Yeah. And you, yeah. You'll end up hurting yourself.
2: Yeah. And it may it, it it may shorten your career in some places too. So so recognize that it's it is a better way to live, I think. But it's also you you may come in conflict with different companies you work. So. A hundred percent. I'm man. Look. I'm I'm flawed. I'm not a judge. I would
1: never judge someone for not being sovereign. I'm just saying what I do, right? Yeah. And what I'm not going to waver from is are my core values. I'm not.
2: Yep. I love that. That's a such a such a solid message. I love that. Um, well, we're kind of wrapping it up. What final message would you like to leave with our listeners? Well, you know,
1: in the spirit of lead you and self-leadership, you know, my message would be that. Each and every one of us owns our decisions and actions. It can only benefit us to make decisions, good decisions, and act in a way that serves our overall mission. And we're all on a mission, right? Whether it's a family mission, a professional mission, you're on a mission. And you have to ask yourself, is this decision or action getting me closer to my big goal or taking me further away from it or maybe standing still, but more than likely, you're either going towards your goal or you're going back. And that's based all on your decisions. Right. So, you know, if folks need help with self uh, leadership, team I'm, organizational leadership, I'm here to teach and support. And that's a gap that I want to fill in when I see my retirement.
2: That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Bobby, I love this. Um, how can our listeners find out more about you, your company, and this new book? Sure. So the book is on Amazon. you can go
1: to amazon.com. We also did an audio book, which uh, you know there's a nice treat in it. Uh, the gentleman that read the book Shimon Casey, he interviewed me between chapters. So you Fantastic. get a little bit more con yeah a little bit more context and a few more uh, and we have some some healthy discussion at some points. Uh, but that's a treat. it's on audible. Uh, I'm primarily on LinkedIn. You can find me uh, under Bobby Harrington. And you can go to strongeryoucoaching.com to find out about our executive coaching program and, and live immersive events.
2: Okay, fantastic. And we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, put links in the show notes for all of those resources. And again, leaders, listen, I hope something resonated in this discussion about you, your life. Uh, are you truly uh, leading yourself or are you or you just run like a hamster on a treadmill, and I would encourage you if you feel like you are on a treadmill that you spend some time thinking about uh, leading yourself, so you don't end up having major crisis, a breakdown, a health scare. Um, take sovereignty, uh, make make yourself sovereign, uh, take control of your life. Uh, don't let others control you. And this is uh, if this is resonating with you, please connect with Bobby. Please get this book. And uh, learn how to do things differently, and um, and you're going to learn. You know, I'm sure you reach out to Bobby, he's going to help you. <laughs> if you've got questions, Absolutely. he's going to answer them. So, so, uh, so I highly encourage you if this resonated with you in any way, shape, or form, reach out to Bobby, and he can help you take that next step. So, uh, so go ahead and do that, uh, Bobby. I want to I want to thank you for coming on the show, sharing this perspective, sharing your journey. And um, yeah, this new book and all that you're offering with your company, I really do appreciate that. and I really like what you're doing. Thanks, John. I'm grateful for this opportunity. Well, thanks again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. (laughs)
0: Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care.
2: Today is working for me. electric acid.